Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. And they would just shake and be angry and just march out, you know, and finally, praise God, he took them away. (laughs) And they stopped because they realized we weren't going to join their anger and that bad spirit and be hating people. We want to be a church that loves people and welcomes everyone through the door. Come and hear the gospel. Come to Jesus. Find the truth. No matter what color, what nationality, what, what background, are you poor, are you rich, you know, come with your tattoos and piercings. Come with whatever, who cares? It's God's house, right? But they get like a Jonah spirit or something, just this mean, angry prophet. And Jonah's like, I'm doom and gloom. I just want to die. And death is better than life. And I say, no, God's love is better than life. Verse 4, the Lord said, do you have good reason to be angry? It's like God's trying to be reasonable. Come and reason with me, right? And Jonah is unreasonable. And it's like he turns his back and walks away from God. The conversation's over. No, God, I ain't. I was so excited when I went on vacation. I wanted to visit a new church. I was in a new land, and I I came to approach the doors of the chapel. And the ushers blocked the door and said, Sir, I'm sorry, you cannot go to church here. And I said, but I'm a Christian. I'm so excited. I'm going to come and worship God, and I want to experience your worship in your church. And no, I'm sorry, you're the wrong ethnic group, wrong color. Uh, This church is not for you. You're not allowed into our church. And I was like dumbfounded, walked away sad. I think it was Gandhi who experienced the same thing, being dark-skinned from India. He went to a white church, and they stopped him from going in. And he said, never again will I try Christianity. It's weird how Christians can be the ones blocking the door. Christians can be the ones that are mean and cruel and be just like a Jonah. I don't get it. (laughs) Something is desperately wrong. And believers should be loving souls, not hating souls. Christians are lovers, not haters. Now, I think where we mess it up is we're like, well, they're sinners. They're doing these horrible sins. We're supposed to hate sin, right? Yes, but there's a trick. You got to hate the sin, but you got to love the sinner. Well, that's hard. That's confusing. That's Jesus, right? Do you look at the ministry of Jesus? And he's ministering to the pagans, the Gentiles, the Samaritans, the Samaritan woman with her lover, right? And Jesus talks to her, I'm the Messiah, I'm living water. Jesus uh, does miracles for people that were not Jews. Jesus eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners and publicans and the scum and the nasty people. And he's the physician to the sick, right? And you know who got so upset and they were incensed, the clergy, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Those people are evil and nasty. And why do you teach them? Why do you fellowship with them? Why do you go into their house? I think the Pharisees were just like Jonah. They needed to learn Jesus' love for the lost, that we should love souls. We should love 
people. Verse 5. Have compassion for people. Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. It is Jonah's room with a view. I'm up high on this hill. I want to see God torch those people. I want to see Nineveh burned for what they've done to my people. They're an enemy of the Jew. They're cruel. They're vicious. They're violent. They're into the occult with their witches. They do perverse things. They mutilate their captives. They're the most evil, uh, nasty people. They have prostitutes. I mean, Jonah could just think of all their sins, right? Hates them because of their sin. But you must love the sinner and allow God to open your heart and to give you his love so you can love the unlovely. Is there people like that in your, your life where you say, I just, I can't love that family member. I can't love that neighbor, that coworker, that boss. I pray for them, for God to judge them, you know. And you got to let it go. You got to have mercy. You got to have God's love even for your enemies. Jesus taught us, right? And Jonah's, I, I've set up my little, you know, lean-to, I, I have my little shelter, I, I have my shade from the hot desert sun, and I'm up high, I want to see God judge the city. Well, a judgment is not coming, because God has overted it. God is a God of justice and forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Verse 6, so the Lord appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. So he's got his little shelter, maybe put up some branches, sticks, but it's not enough. And God does a supernatural growth of this vine or plant, and this thing takes up and goes up his his little structure, and it grows supernaturally within minutes, and it's shade, and it's leaves, it's foliage, and it just becomes this incredible oasis for Jonah in the hot desert. And Jonah's kind of like, thank you, God. I love my little tree, you know. I love my little house plant. I love my miracle from you. And he's so happy about this plant. A miracle from God. It's what I call obedient creation. God tells the plant to grow, right? God tells uh, uh, the storm, the waves, make a storm for Jonah. God tells the, the fish, swallow Jonah. Now vomit him out, you know. God controls the elements. Um, as we see, nature and creation are obedient, and yet humans can be so disobedient to the Lord. Verse 7, but God appointed a worm. When dawn came up the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> Miracle plant, miracle worm. There's a big old worm with teeth like, eat down that plant. Attack its roots. 
and timber, it goes collapsing. Another insect of creation that is obedient to God. If God can use a worm, God can use you, right? If God can use a whale, God can use you. If God can use Balaam's donkey to talk. I mean, creation is so obedient to God, and us humans with the brain on top of the food chain, we're just so disobedient, so rebellious, fighting and not willing to do God's bidding. Verse 8, when the sun came up, God appointed a scorching east wind. Not from the west where the ocean breezes come and cool everything down, but from the east, from the hot desert, right? An east wind. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, here's his mantra, Death is better to me than life. I just want to die and give up. Stop the world I want to get off. No, it's not death that's better than life. It's God's loving kindness that's better than life. Because when you experience God's love and grace and mercy in the cross, it's better than everything. But Jonah's locked into his anger and hatred and darkness depression, and death. I just want to die. I'm so shaken, angry. God is using the sun. God is using the hot wind. And he's like baking little Jonah's head. As kids, as mean old little boys, we'd get magnifying glass in the sun and we'd burn the little insects. You ever do that? Maybe a moth, a bug, an ant, you know, and we'd torch them from the hot, scolding sun with our magnifying glass. This is what God's doing to Jonah's little head. I'm going to beat you, give you sunstroke, intensify the heat. One of those 120-degree summers in the desert. Have you been there? And God is turning up the heat. He has a purpose. He has a plan. It is the old shake and bake commercial. Remember we were talking about shake and bake? And you buy the box and the breadcrumbs and you put the chicken in the bag and you shake it. Then you pull it out and then you bake it. Jonah's human shake and bake. God has been shaking him. First he's shaken out of bed. Then he's shaken in the storm in the boat. Then God has the uh, sailors shake the dice. The lot comes up to Jonah. Then Jonah's thrown into the sea, and the sea and the storm shakes him up, the seaweed, and he's descending. I'm going to (laughs) die. And then he gets swallowed by the great fish, which I believe is a mammal that needs oxygen, must come to the surface, get its oxygen, go down to the bottom of the sea, chase its food. It's up and down and all around. It's a human roller coaster. And he's shaking him up. Well, one day's not enough. You need two days. Are you done yet? You need three days, Jonah. You're really tough, you know. You mean old codgerty, you know, grouchy, vicious, angry prophet. You've got to change your attitude. Now I've got to bake you because you're too hard. I've got to soften you up. And I'm going to bake you in the stomach acids of the fish. And then I'm going to have you be spit up you know, vomited up on the beach. And now you're still hard. i got to bake you some more under the hot 
desert sun with a hot east wind. You see it. Shake and bake. Is God shaking you? Is God baking you? Are you done yet? Do you need to stay in more time out, <laughs> right? One day, two days, three days. Are you going to give up? Are you going to surrender? Are you going to give in to God? Are you going to change your attitude and your heart? Verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, Do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. Just kill me now. I just want to die. I just hate everyone. I hate everything. You ever get like that? So angry, so mad. It's like you're just looking through a lens of darkness and doom and gloom and your attitude stinks and you just want to give up on everything. But there's good news because God can change your heart and your attitude and your spirit and your outlook and he can shake your little world and bake you up. And through the power of the cross, the blood of Jesus, if you will confess and receive Christ, if you ask God, change my heart, O oh God, make it ever new. Give me a new heart. Change me from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Change me from a dark, evil, wicked heart to a new, righteous heart as white as snow. He has the power if you will ask him. Verse 10, then the Lord said, you had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Jonah, you didn't plant the plant. I planted it. I watered it. I made it grow. It was a supernatural miracle plant. It grew up like in hours, minutes. It's my plant. I grew it. I own it. And plants are so temporary. It came up and it went down such a short life. And yet you love that plant. You, you had compassion for a little bush, you know, a vine, a tree. It's like you just love that plant. You're like a tree hugger. You just went up to that little plant and you I love my plant, my little house plant. But it's a plant. <laughs> It lives so short. You know, I can appreciate loving the environment. Uh, I had friends, they didn't water my trees, and they let my trees die. And I love those trees. Why would you do that? You know, I can appreciate the environment. Loving plants. And even more, I could love the animals. I've taken dogs out of rescue shelters. I love my little dog. Protect the animals. But above all, can we learn how to love people? I mean, something is wrong if you love your plants and your trees and your cat and your dog and, you know, the animals more than people. People are the most important. We got to get our priorities straight, right? We should be loving people and souls more than things, right? And Jonah loves his little plant. He's the tree hugger. Great. I love trees too. But Nineveh. <laughs> Nineveh is like people. It's a city full of people, and you just have such hatred toward these people. Jonah. Verse 11, God's explaining, should I not have compassion 
on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand as well as many animals. They are simple people. They're not educated. They're, they're not very deep. They don't understand complex things. They're very primitive, childlike. But that's okay. God loves us all. You don't need to be a scientist to be a believer. You could be a child with childlike faith. Unless you become like a child, Jesus said, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, the people of Nineveh were primitive, simple. They didn't, left hand, right hand, animals, nature, science, math, simple-minded, ignorant. Some people are not believers in Jesus because they don't know. They have ignorance. Nobody ever taught me. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I never read the Bible. I never been to a church. That's okay. God loves us all. Come into God's house. God loves us no matter our background, our education. He loves us all. We need to love the lost cities. God loves cities. Do you know why he loves cities? Because they have people. God loves Nineveh. Jesus loves Reno. Christ loves Sparks. And even little Verdi too. And Truckee. <laughs> God loves all the little cities and towns because they're filled with beautiful people that he loves and he adores and he died for them to prove his love. So next time you say, oh, I hate that city of people. No, no, no. Jesus loves that city of people. God has compassion and love to everyone even if they're broken, beat up, hurting, poor, confused, tired, needy, abandoned, thrown out, chewed up, spit out by the world, God loves you even more because his heart goes to the underdog, to those on the bottom. And now we need to copy God's love. We need to love them enough to befriend them, sit next to them, talk to them, be their friend at work. Talk to that neighbor watering their lawn, that coworker, that boss. Say, can I pray for you? I have a scripture verse for you. You know, I have a new friend in my life, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I think he's just really messed up and just this wicked sinner. And God's like, great, now you need to love him and tell him about me. You know, and we think, oh, this person's too bad for God. Oh, no, that's why Jesus came, right? For the wicked city of Nineveh, not the righteous. It's the wicked, it's the sick, it's the hurting, it's the lost that need. The physician and the shepherd and the Messiah and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we befriend them, we invite them, hey, come with me to church. What is the point of all this? to stop being Jonah. Do you have an angry heart like Jonah? The angry prophet Jonah. Do you see his heart? He is stubborn, he's defiant, and he is bitter. As you become an older Christian, have you become a bitter Christian or a better Christian? Are you becoming closer and more like Christ, or are you somehow fading away and going the wrong direction? 
In the story of Jonah, it's left hanging. I don't know if Jonah ever changed his attitude. You know, he's like cutting and, and arguing and cutting God off and, and, and being short with God and just walking away. And I just see his defiance and his attitude. And it's like, man, you need to change it, Jonah. And he's just left sitting in the desert. Did he ever change? Did he ever walk with the Lord again? Did he ever go back into ministry? I don't know. His story ends, but our story begins. You can change. You can be used by the Lord, right? God can make a way. Change my heart, O oh God. It is Jonah versus Jesus. Don't be like Jonah, be like Jesus. Jesus was ministering and the Pharisees, the clergy, arguing, fighting. We want another sign. We want another miracle. Prove who you are. And Jesus got fed up. No more signs for you. Except the sign of Jonah, right? Just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth and then rise from the dead. A great miracle, a great sign. They're so hard-hearted, these clergy, these Pharisees. Jesus said to them, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. He said to these clergy and these hard-hearted Jews and God's people, the chosen people that were hard against him, he said, you know what? Those people of Nineveh, they got saved. And they're going to be witnesses against you on Judgment Day. And they're going to say, you blew it and you were so foolish because we repented and we got saved and we turned to God through a horrible, angry preacher named Jonah. And yet you have the most wonderful preacher who's come to you, the Lord Jesus Christ, someone greater than Jonah, has come to you, Jesus himself, and you have rejected him and pushed him away and fought with him and argued with him and built a hard heart against him. Change from Jonah to Jesus. Don't be angry anymore. Stop running and fighting and battling God. And be transformed by his Holy Spirit from a hater to a lover of souls, of people. Are you hating people? Christians aren't supposed to hate people, right? We're to be like Christ, to love like God loves, to copy Christ by loving even the worst of sinners. I'm not saying accept their sin. I understand their sin is evil and wicked and God hates sin, but he still loves the sinner. Show compassion, right? Do you see this in Jesus' ministry? He'd look out and he'd see the people and he'd feel compassion. And then he'd preach and he'd teach and he'd do a miracle and feed the 5,000 out of compassion for the lost. Share God's love. Give God's gospel even to your enemies. Change your heart. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, change our heart from hater to lover. 
May we love the lost. May we love souls. And yet may we be holy and hate sin. Help us to understand the difference between the sinner and their sin. Help us to love even the unlovely and the difficult and the worst chief of sinners. May we even love our enemies. May we be your salt and your light in the great cities of Reno and Sparks. May we shine for you and show Reno and Sparks that you truly love our cities, that you love us. Give us your grace and mercy when we fall down, lift us up. Help us to be your mouthpiece, your prophet, your representative, to speak your gospel. We've come home. We're tired of running. We want to serve you and get back on track and fulfill our mission, our calling, our purpose. For we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.